Hey guys, welcome back to the Self-Confidence Project. I'm your host, Kimberly Hill, and we're talking about all things life, confidence, relationships, what gets you up in the morning, what doesn't get you up in the morning. That's what we talk about in this podcast. I'm super glad you're here. If you're the first time tuning in, subscribe to my channel, hit the like button, spread the love, and uh, looking forward to getting into another amazing episode with you guys today. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Self-Confidence Project. And today I'm very excited to be speaking with a former client about what is going on in his life, what he's created since we worked together late last year. Uh, Terry Sierra is a consultant focusing on the evolution of digital healthcare. Uh, He's also an entrepreneur, having sold his first company at 19 years of age. Uh, And uh, he's also played the corporate game where he managed a supply chain nationally at the age of 25. But it also seems like life has led him to discover other areas of exploration. He's now founded a, a podcast and movement called Goddess Rediscovered where he breaks down the myths and fallacies built up over the years for women. And I'm excited to hear more about this project of his. Terry, welcome to the show. So lovely to have you here to be chatting with you again. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be uh, back and uh, talking again. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Wow. Well, so before we dive into Goddess Rediscovered, um, I'd love to go back and talk a little bit about what the experience was like working together, working with a coach. You and I worked together for around two months. Uh, Tell me, now that you've gone through that experience, it's been roughly a year since we last spoke, um, and you've had a chance to reflect back on it, what was that experience like for you? It was uh, truly groundbreaking, actually, Kim. Um, I think when I first kind of uh, came to you, you had undergone uh, a breakup and was, uh, I guess, as you can call it, re- looking at my entire life, um, especially when it came from relationships and how I showed up in relationships yeah. and being emotionally uh, vulnerable and available uh, for my partner and actually um, what I wanted in a partner as well too. And that's where you really helped me um, with the uh, quote unquote formula, mm-hmm. um, which was my own life's formula, which uh, I had been applying to other areas of my life, but I hadn't applied it in my relationships. So that That's was right. uh, that was one of the I think one of the biggest takeaways, which I've also reapplied back in my own life as well wow. in other yeah. areas. That success formula that we we came up with, yeah, I remember that. I remember feeling like an internal shift when we were speaking, when we kind of recognized how you made decisions in your life and how those decisions have led to success in so many different areas. And it was like, why not take that process that works for you and apply it? to relationships and to other areas. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's been a whirlwind after that. Yeah. I want to hear so much more. So what, what, what was the biggest surprise for you or made you, I guess, the happiest about uh, taking the time out of your life to actually invest and work with a coach? I think the biggest takeaway was kind of like he's mentioned, taking that time, it was slowing down and it was really, looking at all those different aspects where I wasn't being fulfilled and where I wasn't feeling like I was being fulfilled mm-hmm. um, and getting greater clarity on. And I think one of the greatest things uh, that I still apply actually to uh, this day is your, um, one of your questions is, you know, if this does show up in my life, how's that going to feel? And how's that actually going to look? 
And I've been using that quite a bit. That's fantastic. I love it. I love hearing that there's parts of coaching that can really stick with people for the long term. And it is really about what becomes possible uh, when we do slow down and we take time for ourselves. And Terry, I know you've mentioned that as a man, you're an advocate for men's health and men's rights, uh, really understanding trauma as well as how to be emotionally available for a partner. Some of that was part of the work that we did together. Uh, it's led you to meeting your current partner. Uh, when we last spoke, though, you were kind of exploring where this relationship could go. So tell me what's happening now in that part of your life at the moment. Well, since we uh, spoken about that, I, uh, yeah, last time, I think that was a few months ago, uh, I actually ended up uh, moving in together with my partner now um, yeah. and, uh, and are now exploring a uh, future uh, together. So um, I'm about to pop the question in uh, hopefully oh. a f- few weeks here. And, oh, so we better uh, not let her listen to this episode then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll leave that as a surprise for a bit. Um, yeah. But it's uh, it's definitely been, um, like, like I said, it's been uh, groundbreaking and it's been really, um, it's, re- it's been really something. And um, I think one of the biggest takeaways was, again, where you had spoken about uh, relationships and how to kind of work through conflict. So especially when, mm. as you know, when you move in together, there's quite a, a, a few differences that you may experience. Yeah. Um, so uh, using my success formula and using all the different aspects that we had kind of talked about within coaching yeah. uh, and being able to reapply them within um, the actual framework and in yeah. real life, that's been, I think, one of the biggest Um, you're right because there's there's kind of two parts to to anything in life one is like the cognitive part right when somebody is introducing you to new information or new material right we're taking it in from an intellectual standpoint on the other hand there's psychomotor this is like now taking that information and putting it into action testing it out in the real world having that conflict and seeing what comes up uh, knowing that you have that information to choose a different response or to behave in a different way. And that's where, you know, the combination of learning and then actually trying these things out, at least in between sessions or for months afterwards is where people actually get the impact in their life. Right. You know, it's, it's one thing knowing something, but, and you know, the, the saying out there is knowledge is power, uh, but knowledge alone is not enough. Right. We actually have to take action. And I think you even said, and maybe the testimonial you wrote for me way back then was, action is in our blood, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that is the true, um, I think the true prerogative of actually being a, a man or, or stepping into that masculine power, that masculine energy is that action. It's, you know, we're able to take those concepts, take those large ideas and really apply them. And that's what I've actually noticed with the men around me. And even most of the successful men, if you look at uh, like Jeff Bezos or uh, even Jordan Pearson and all the other individuals out there they've actually taken those core concepts that they grew up with and then applied them they took action on them right away yeah exactly i love it so i'm going to challenge you a little bit because i remember one of our prior conversations where your current partner was going to kind of live with you for a little bit do you remember this i remember you saying to me like okay she's gonna like i can't remember how long it was let's say it was like you're like she's gonna come live with me for a couple of weeks and i remember like the energy on the phone call you being like I'm a little nervous because how am I going to balance like my personal space and also have this person around literally 24 seven. Yep. 
And here you are now actually like living together. So obviously that went well for you, but tell me a little bit about that. How does Terry now in this relationship maintain that healthy balance between, you know, giving time and energy to the relationship, but also taking time for yourself? Uh, it's balance and it's a lot of boundaries as well too. A lot of boundary setting in that sense. Um, especially for me, who's very independent and it's grown up to be very independent. Um, so taking the time and taking the um, energy to apply that back into the relationship. So um, let me give you an example of this where um, I actually get up a lot earlier uh, than my partner does. So at least yeah. I, I'm able to segregate those moments. So I have, you know, that hour, two hours before my partner actually gets up to myself. So nice. that ensures I have my own uh, downtime and I have my own uh, energy that I can apply to do whatever I need to do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, if it's meditation or reading um, and it helps out. And then as well, knowing the fact that I actually have to spend that time and spend that energy to back to my, into my partner as well too, mm -hmm. in order to keep that relationship going so that's either going for walks in the afternoon or turning off the phone while we're having dinner so we can actually actively engage in conversation beautiful so that take that man, as a tip people <laughs> that's a beautiful tip right like get rid of those distractions that take you out of the present moment with someone yeah keep going and that's it i was going to talk about the whole presence piece it's mm -hmm that allows you to uh, come back and actually show up um, yeah. and be present with your partner. Cause once you do that, then you're, you can hold space at that yeah, time. You're right. Terry, have you ended up reading the book by David data? I did. Yes. Okay. Cause I'm like, I'm yeah. feeling and sensing that a lot of the language that you're, you're sharing with me, like sounds very familiar. And, and for those listening to today's podcast, man or woman, by the way, if you haven't read the book by David data, Terry, what's the, do you remember the title? I just, it's lost on me right now. I believe it's called the, uh, the way oh, of the superior man. That's right. Way of the superior yeah. man. And it's definitely not just a book for men. I, I absorb it. Obviously it helps me with my clients, but yeah, really beautiful read for, I suppose there's a lot of lessons in there, but one of them yes. is how men show up and how women really crave that full presence and quality from their partners. And that is much more important than quantity because sitting in a room with anyone and this, this is for any relationship, right? Friendships too. sitting in a space with somebody when they're totally tapped into another part of their brain, or they're thinking about something else, or they're looking at their phone. That's not very connected time with someone. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So really beautiful lesson for, for people listening. So I remember one of our, also one of our former conversations was around you kind of learning to be vulnerable, learning this emotional availability to connect also with men uh, and create a safe space to share. And I remember one of our actions was that you were going to formulate, like, it was kind of like a men's group, maybe just getting together with some, some of your male friends, but now it looks like you've moved into a space that is actually supporting women so tell me why are you so passionate about uh, uh, passionate about this new cause that you've started yeah it's um uh it, it's a i think it's a great point that you bring up i think one of the things that i realized as i was um you know meeting up with some of the some of the guys and uh connecting with uh the guys and being able to express quote-unquote emotions with them i realized that um many of the things and many of the shifts that are happening right now within um, our communities and within society uh, has been focused around women and has been uh, there for supporting women. But I didn't see many men 
actually stepping up and uh, doing the work to help support those women in uh, what's happening in this whole movement, you know, with feminization or with the, sorry, not feminization, um, mm-hmm. but with um, the rise of, um, I forgot the term for it now. Yeah, that's all right. Um, it'll come back to you. It'll come back. Yeah. Um, and having all those aspects uh, in terms of, you know, women, women coming into the workflow force and uh, becoming uh, leaders and CEOs and owning their own businesses and actually taking care of their own um workplaces and teams and uh, even the households. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to create something that enabled them to get rid of those myths and get rid of the fallacies that we've actually developed over time um, about women. And some of the things we talk about mm. are uh, things around, you know, women and strength and women's worth. Um, so uh, we do approach everything at a very uh, simplistic and pragmatic um, yeah. way. So what would be one of the like societal lessons or fallacies about women? Uh, uh, one of the things that actually we'll be, um, I'll be re- releasing today uh, in the podcast is about women and strength, actually. Mm-hmm. I think this is a big one. Um, and we consider, uh, and there's a lot of, I think, ideas that women are weak. Mm-hmm. And we explore uh, within the podcast that women aren't necessarily weak um, and that the whole concept around strength is based off of um, how we exert and how we actually um, are able to persevere. Like uh, there's a concept, I think, uh, called grit. Okay. There's a great book and a great work around that. And how do we actually apply that to women? So one of the things that, um, you know, we I looked at and I was thinking about was, you know, women aren't actually <laughs> weak. Uh, women are very strong. Um, and and we <laughs> see that in how they can persevere in holding multiple jobs, getting, um, you know, through school, raising kids, taking care of the household. That all takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of um, exertion. Mm-hmm. So to call women weak is, uh, I would say that's a myth that um, that we need to break. Yeah, for sure. And I guess it, it also depends on how people define weakness, right? Like if we're looking at it from just a physical strength standpoint, well, sure. Biologically men are on average going to be physically stronger than women. And so perhaps that's where some of the misconception comes around where we call women weak. Cause like Correct. physically, like maybe we don't, we can't lift as much as you boys, <laughs> but you're right. It does seep into uh, weakness as a whole, like we're the fairer sex, you know, we're, we don't have as much resilience or as grit as men, or we can't take on as much. And, and you're right. It's, it's totally not true. Um, but it, it but it is pervasive in, in today's uh, culture. And it's, and it's interesting because here I am as a woman stepping up for men, yep. right. And the work I do is promoting, uh, healthy men and, and healthy relationships for men. And, and here you are now stepping into a space of like, I want to take ownership being a man and supporting women. And I'm curious, Terry, where did this inspiration come from? Was it from your own household, seeing women around you? Has it come from this particular relationship you're in? What has given you the kind of desire to say, Hey, I want to step up for women. I think it was a combination, really. Um, it was definitely growing up and uh, being surrounded by women. Um, mm. I grew up with my mom and two younger sisters. Right. So being able to witness it, I think, as a firsthand, um, uh, as a POV in that sense, mm-hmm. but also within my relationship as well, too. 
and seeing yeah. the different uh, struggles and obstacles that women are facing that men don't actually face. Um, mm. Can you name one of those? Um, well, I guess like this whole concept about strength really, or, yeah. and even a woman's worth, uh, yeah. which we've explored earlier, you know, yeah. um, we know that men nowadays, our worth gets tied to our material possessions and it gets tied to how much we make and um, yeah. why we make it, but it doesn't really get applied to our character and mm -hmm. how we actually show up and how we are improving our communities. And we see this everywhere, but those men aren't actually recognized for mm -hmm. that. And likewise with women as well, too, their worth is being defined by uh, their ability to, let's say, either have children or to be married or how beautiful they look, but not mm -hmm. necessarily in terms of their characteristics and their character. Um, what and they how contribute to society exactly. and, and, and the energy they put out in the world. You're right. There's so much basis of worth around external factors for men and for women. Um, and, you know, a lot of the coaching I do is, is moving men away from that is, is reformulating new beliefs to say like, to be totally candid, there are women out there that are attracted to men that are just rich and have those material possessions. And that speaks volumes about the type of woman that is as well. Right. And that, that there's the truth. There's, there's attraction out there based on material possession, but I think very wholehearted people, people with a real deep sense of value, um, are really attracted to and place value on the non-material things, right? How someone yeah. shows up. Do they take care of their family? Do they contribute to society or take away from it? How do they treat the people around them? Are they adding energy or taking it away? You know, what's their impact on the environment? And I think for me, at least, you know, just putting my like personal opinion hat on, that's to me is what's attractive in a man right? Not even what his body necessarily looks like or how much money he makes. It's like that kind of your body's going to change, by the way. Yep. That doesn't matter how, how many <laughs> things you pump into it and how hard you work out at some point, it's not going to be the way you want it to be. And there ain't going to be nothing you can do about it. Right. Money, Unfortunately. <laughs> right. The same for women too. Like, you know, for women, it's like, you're right. Like there is a sense of self-worth attached to like how beautiful I am. Am I in society? And how fit can I be? And how many people look at me? And do I have the nicest bag? And I'm in the nicest clothes. And like, how do I get that attention? So I feel good about myself because apparently just doing good deeds isn't lifting me up as much as I'd like yep. it to, <laughs> uh, you know, so it, it's fascinating. So, so you've started a podcast. Um, what, what else is part of this goddess rediscovered uh, kind of movement that you're, you're in? Yeah, definitely. Um, the podcast, I think is definitely the biggest piece. The other component of that um, is also a course that I had developed uh, actually with one of my exes. Um, ah, interesting. And <laughs> that course really um, is tailored for women, but definitely men are welcome to take it. Mm -hmm. And again, we look at a much deeper dive into a structured approach and how you can overcome uh, your beliefs and how you can overcome uh, your body image dysmorphias that are out mm -hmm. there and a a lot of other concepts um, and we're bringing in things from not only a spiritual perspective, but also, again, a very pragmatic yeah. approach, which you can apply. And, and when you say body dysmorphia, like I just want to hang on to that topic for a second there, because that is something experienced by both men and women. Is, yes. is there a personal experience there for you, Terry, or someone close to you that dealt with body dysmorphia? Uh, I would say myself, actually, yeah. um, especially as a man. Um, 
when I was kind of growing up, I was uh, either picked on before being either too chubby or then I lost a lot of weight. So I was too skinny. Mm. Um, so I got picked on because of that. And it was a bit of a yo-yo process until I actually learned to accept and uh, quote unquote, love my own body. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, this is the vehicle that we use uh, to kind of get ourselves through life mm-hmm. and to achieve the things that we need to achieve. So, um, so how... Yeah. Yeah. No. Go on. I, I, there's another point there coming out of you. Yeah. Uh, and then basically now, just kind of taking that and uh, and applying it uh, on a day to day basis. So you know, loving yeah. it, feeding it good things, and exercising in that sense. Taking care of it for sure, because I know that people listening, they go like, "Well, there are probably some people would be nodding their heads, saying that, yeah, I feel too fat or too thin or too weak or too whatever, right? Insert whatever you want there. Um, and it's like, well, what do we then do about it? You know, how, how do we actually move from not liking ourselves to liking ourselves? And I know that that journey is unique for everyone and there's lots yeah. of different strategies and tools. Uh, I'd be curious what worked for you. I think many of the things that um, worked for me was starting from the cognitive perspective mm-hmm. uh, was definitely journaling about my body, yeah. uh, things I liked, things I didn't like, and then looking at the things I didn't like and exploring why I didn't like those parts of myself. And many of the times I came to realize that it was all fed to me from a society. Right. You know, it was the images that were presented on the screen of these buff guys and, uh, you know, ripped muscles. And then I actually took a look into how those men actually got to this point of how did those guys get so jacked and the sacrifices they had to make mm-hmm. the the things that they put into their own bodies in order to get to that point so i was like well you know it works great for some men but for some men you know who are you know out there they're working constantly they're supporting their families they're um, you know having their side hustle they got their businesses and mm-hmm. on top of that they're doing their own work they don't have time to reach that and maybe an acceptable body type and if you especially look at it from a, a whole uh, from history, like if you look at paintings mm-hmm. from the old Greek and Roman eras, you don't see guys who are super jacked. You see guys who are uh, or or skinny. You see guys from a range of body shapes and types. Yeah. Women and, too. I mean, you look at those Renaissance too, exactly. painting, and it's like, <laughs> heck yeah, those women's got some good curves going on in there. It's probably because they're laying on a chaise, eating fruit all day, like <laughs> being fed grapes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. So uh, part, I, I, I don't remember us broaching the topic of masculine and feminine energy in our work together, but I recognize that this is something that you have picked up as something that's part of that uh, goddess rediscovered course you have. And you've been using those terms a little bit on our podcast today. So Correct. Um, I'm curious in your personal life, how you're balancing the feminine and masculine energies in your intimate relationship and outside of that. Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest things, and this is uh, speaks a lot about, is the holding that space. It's showing up and being present as a man. Mm. Um, and what that actually means is essentially getting rid of the distractions that are in your head, getting to a point where you aren't in your head and you're kind of settled into your own body and you recognize that you're in your own body. Because mm-hmm. the moment you do that, you you, you change your whole chemistry about yourself you start to exude a different i guess aura so to say that goes out and creates almost like a safe container 
for anybody who actually enters it. So if that's your partner, this now gives her the freedom or him um, to be who she wants to be. And that is that feminine. They want to, you know, women want to settle. Uh, Most women want to settle into their feminine energies and, um, and just relax into that. And the moment you do that, you allow that space and you give that space for women that's when you can actually notice changes within your own relationships and within mm. your own life as well, too. Um, yeah. Even outside within the workspaces. Yeah. And maybe perhaps another way of, of saying that is like women want to feel safe. Yes. And so if a man can create a space in which she feels safe to be herself and non-judged, then she can, you're right, genuinely step into that feminine energy and the feminine energy is very emotional, right? The feminine energy wavers a lot. You know, women, when they are telling men in their lives, something it's usually based on what they are feeling in that moment. And that might change in the (laughs) next moment. Right. (laughs) And it's like men, believe it or not, although they find that like the common man would be like, God, she's so annoying. Right. That's what goes through their brain. But in reality, they're actually quite attracted to that, too. Yeah. Especially if they're tapped into that masculine. So I I love it. I love talking about polarity. I love talking about masculine and feminine energy. I do talk about it in, in my work with clients now. And I think it's it's fascinating. And again, you know, a great source of reading about that. There are many of them, but that, that way of the superior man definitely taps into feminine, masculine uh, energy a lot. So, so Terry, you know, w- work-wise, what are you doing now? I mean, you're, you've got like Goddess Rediscovered, you're starting this podcast, you've got this course. Is this something that you're kind of wanting to move into full-time? Is it a side hustle for you? Like what's going on from that side of your life at the moment? Uh, I think I'm one of those people that needs to have multiple things on the go at the same time. Right. Love um, it. <laughs> so <laughs> this entrepreneur. Is, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I think this is just, um, I, th- I want to grow it to a certain point where um, it can kind of run itself and mm-hmm. I can contribute um, towards a moment, but I have a few other ideas that are kind of percolating on the back of my head and yeah. on the back burner. Um, and especially one of those um, aspects of that is, you know, continuing my consulting work within healthcare yeah. and ensuring that we can, you know, reach the apex uh, of te- technological um, advancements and um, and capabilities within uh, within healthcare. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Okay, so a man wearing many many hats. Then it sounds like that's the true definition of a renaissance man. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, okay. So just as we kind of like start to wrap up here, where can, are you open to people reaching out to you if they just want to have a chat with Terry? Are you, are you open yeah, to people absolutely. reaching out about goddess rediscovered? Like where can people go to learn more about what we've talked about today? Sure. Uh, you can definitely uh, find more information on goddess or, mm-hmm. and even on the Instagram handle uh, goddess rediscovered. So if you just, yep drop me a DM on there. Um, I'm always responding. Okay. Awesome. So best place for people to reach you is, is through the goddess rediscovered handle. I'll drop that in the link of the, of the podcast as well. And so what else, is there anything that is burning on your mind? Anything that you feel like you want to bring up or share today? Any final kind of thoughts or words for us? Uh, kind of going back to the whole uh, action piece um, and which is kind of my own mantra and my own special formula. If you, mm. uh, if you guys out there are listening to this, if you feel it, just go ahead and just take action on it. Don't think about it. Don't reflect on it. Take that second, take that two seconds. And within that, just take that action. Mm. The moment you do that, 
your your life is going to change, which is what's allowed me to change within my own life as well, too. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm like you, too. I'm very much like if I have an idea, act on it, because otherwise uh, it passes sometimes or you don't yeah. do anything about it. And <laughs> I always say to people, too, like even if we're talking in the context of like walking up to a woman on the street or dating or whatever, you have that impulse and then you hold yourself back. I would say that. Go for it. Uh, yeah, go for it, because I would imagine that. Uh, a moment of rejection, which is possibly something that could happen, would be mm -hmm. worse than a lifetime of regretting not doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on, Terry, talking about all this stuff, letting me uh, challenge you about coaching <laughs> with me uh, when we last spoke. Uh, I'm excited to put this out to everyone to have a listen. Uh, again, thank you so much. I'll drop the links for those of you that are listening about Goddess Rediscovered uh, in the uh, bio of the uh, podcast. Uh, thank you all so much. Look forward to bringing you another episode next week. Ciao. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in guys. to Another, uh, another weekly episode of the self-confidence project. Uh, genuinely appreciate you guys listening to the end. And of course, if you want to reach out to me, if you're struggling in any area of your life around dating, around relationships, uh, then I really encourage you to reach out and have a conversation with me. It really starts with a phone conversation to see if we'd be a good fit, see where and how I can support you to reach the goals that are really important to you. So I urge you to do that if it's something that uh, you've been thinking about for a while, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, uh, go ahead and just book a conversation with me. We can chat, get to know each other and see whether or not coaching is the right modality for you. Again, thanks so much for listening to the end. Look forward to putting out another episode next week. Ciao.